0: And welcome to Design Me A House. I'm Dawn Oliveira, textile designer and educator. And with me today is my co-host,
1: Katie Hutchison, architect, designer, author.
0: And today in season two, episode seven, we will be speaking with Rick Adams of Adamo Stone from Boston. Um, This episode is in our This With That category. And a little um, background on Adamo Stone, it is a family business infused with centuries of classic principles and modern techniques to create unique pieces and spaces. Since 1987 Adamo Stone Design has served as a leader in the stone design industry, trusted to fabricate, supply and consult nationwide. Rick Adams, the owner, oversees Adamo stone designs, production, design and safety logistics. He also curates a stone slab collection and serves as a business to business stone industry consultant for other stone fabricators, interior designers, building developers, and contractors. Excellent. Excellent. Welcome Rick.
1: So Rick, maybe um, because we gave such a general intro. Maybe you could just give us a little little summary of what, what Adama Stone is, what you do there.
2: We, uh, my wife and I met back in 87 at a importer company, Imported Stone. They imported blocks and manufactured them here in Boston. Okay. And um, slabs and tiles. And from that basis... We got a lot of background knowledge of all the different materials from all around the world. What made which one's better or worse for a particular situation. And uh, we've worked all this time with uh, my first, when we went off on our own, my first customer was uh, William Hodgins, the famous interior designer in Boston. And um, he was actually pretty funny. He said, if you just made that customer happy, I'm with you forever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But a lot of the times, Things go wrong with stone projects because people don't ask the questions Mm -hmm. and find out what the customer is expecting from it. Mm -hmm. For example, these days, um, a lot of people have been using quartz versus natural stone. And then after they've installed it, they find out 300 degrees can melt it. So, which would be okay if you were in charge of your own house, but some of these are rental units to college students and other renters. And they're finding that they're only lasting one one rental session
0: so you've so, got to educate them on what so you don't a, is ahead of
2: time we'll tell everybody though the one advantage of quartz is it doesn't stain it's because it's just epoxy uh-huh. the disadvantage is that it melts and it doesn't look real <laughs> um, so we give everybody all the aspects of granite uh, quartzite quartz marble limestone, slate, everything, and what it's best used for. Some things are decorative, like for fireplaces, but some things are functional, for mm-hmm. like kitchen, kitchen countertops. So we give them the pros and cons of each.
1: Great, let me just get in right, because that was one of the things I was gonna ask you about, because as you know, engineered stones are, are extremely popular at the moment. Do you represent those as well, or do you at Adamo Stone um, deal strictly with real stone?
2: Uh, we do quartz if it's what you want. We don't uh, promote it as much as other people do uh, because we actually have natural stone. And one of the strange things about the epidemic is nobody can get things imported or trucked in. Right, Yeah. So people are afraid to suggest stone to someone because they're not sure if they can find it as opposed to we stock it and have you come in and look at all the different options at once. to yeah. This is granite. I mean, one of the more popular things right now is granite. But instead of the polished fixture, it's uh, the finish, finish it's, right? It's the honed finish. Yeah. And it looks more like a natural stone and it looks like something different. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't look like your mother's countertops <laughs> 30 years ago. Right. Uh, I saw but, you
0: giving that little talk to Gia out in the stone yard on your Instagram page. That was but great. It's,
2: but it's, it's indestructible. You could literally take mm. a torch and put it on granite and it doesn't do anything. As right. opposed to, like I said, with quartz melts at 300 degrees. You, you can't take something out of the broiler without melting your countertop. That's kind interesting. of interesting. I had yeah. no
1: idea. Um, maybe you could tell us just before we leave the, the quartz topic, what about price point? How would you compare the products?
2: Quartz is actually expensive. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's much more expensive than, uh, well, much more expensive than granite that you bought by the container load. Okay. Uh, when you're buying stone these days, if you're buying one and two slabs from a wholesaler, you're paying a lot because of the trucking and the and the lack of mm-hmm. inventory but the way that we buy it we buy by the container load so we're getting wow. it say some granites that go for 20 25 dollars we get for 10 because oh, we buy sure. them, we buy them container full. yeah and then we pass that savings on to the people that are buying it from us but
0: oh that's great uh,
2: some of these quartz go for literally like 30 bucks a square foot and again mm-hmm. you have a lot of different things that go along with it that are out of the ordinary like for example you can't cut a 90 degree corner inside corner without rounding it or it's under so much pressure it will just crack so uh. we actually got trained uh at one of the first quartz um, was Caesarstone and we actually went to the training for it mm-hmm. and there was a lot of little rules about it that people don't most fabricators don't know about again mm-hmm. inside corners um, it's it's a lot of things about getting rid of Stress points.
1: Mm-hmm. Which is what about the um, sustainability angle of natural stone versus quartz?
2: Man-made quartz is literally just epoxy, so I I don't like it for that reason. Um, and again, I think it was a lot more popular before people knew the drawbacks of it than they than now. I think more and more people are coming back to there's There's a a stone called quartzite, which is something between a marble and a granite. Okay. It's stronger than marble, but it still looks like a marble versus a granite. Granite's usually more grained, um, but they're pretty strong. They're like super white, super gray, Taj Mahal, they're, they're a stronger uh, version of a marble. Okay, and so that's
1: a natural stone as opposed to. It's, the and engineered... it's all natural,
2: yeah. Okay. Yep.
0: Does that come from this country or that's imported?
2: No, they come from all over the world. Uh, uh, we. Well, we have our probably strongest stone. I mean, we have a lot of granite. So obviously, New Hampshire, uh, oh. Dakota has a lot of brown mar- uh, granite. Um, Vermont, uh, Bethel, May. There's a there's a lot of there's a okay. lot of white white and, and gray granites here. But Vermont has Vermont Verde Antique, which is a marble. But it's such a strong marble that you could you could um, literally put lemons and limes on it. And it won't even burn it. Mm,
0: Interesting. So, so, um, so you were talking about sustainability, Katie. I'm oh, sorry to cut you off. No, go end. ahead. I noticed on the um, some of the information we got from Rick's daughter, Gia, she was talking about being efficient with the stone slabs and using the remnants as often as possible. Um, right. That's pretty good. And also, you're making smaller like tables and music mm-hmm. studio surfaces and things like that now.
2: Yeah, yeah. The one advantage of Buying the way I buy by the container load is that I'm not I'm not buying one slab or two slabs. I'm buying bundles of them. So the leftover from job one goes towards job two and Uh job two may only have to go into one slab because we took the last piece from the leftover from the previous piece. So we're very efficient that way. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that saves money for for the customer as well, because now we don't have to buy two slabs to do a one and a half slab job. Nice.
1: Maybe just um, let's back up a little. I got into that quickly just because it came up um, in in the beginning, but maybe um, Rick, you could talk a little bit about what the different stones are um, that you have, that you represent. There's, for
2: example, the hardest stone is granite and granite can come with grains or it can come with movement Mm -hmm. and it can come, polished versus honed or leathered. So there's all different textures and all different looks now. But that is definitely the hardest stone. Mm -hmm. Um, It takes all the heat you could, it takes the acids from lemons and limes, it takes Mm -hmm. uh, tomato sauce, red wine, won't stain it. Um, And then beneath that is that next category of quartzite, which is um, several stones. And they're from Brazil, Italy, France, if they're from europe and and Brazil, mm. um, we don't America doesn't have a quarry of quartzite, but then we have a marble, again, Verdi antique that's so hard it's almost like a quartzite. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have Danby white and Imperial White is a white version of of Vermont marble, it's very strong. Okay. it's used in all the courthouses and uh, Ah, municipal buildings around the country. Uh, For a while there, you had to use something domestic in in federal buildings and uh, that really got a lot of them to be very popular. Um, And then we also have limestones that come from all over. We have Portuguese. We have Italian. We have French. Slate. Is uh, I probably have four or five different slates. I, I, some of those are domestic, some of those are foreign, and um, that's pretty much it.
1: Where would um, I assume you have soapstone, where would that fall? Well, yeah, soapstone
2: kind of falls in that category of Vermont, like it's all different degrees of marbles, and okay, and um, but soapstone is a more porous, it's more porous, but at the same time, it's got that marble look to it, but yeah, that would be. That would be vermont as well
0: so if okay. it's more porous does that stain if you spill wine on it um
2: no because we have sealers now that oh. are uh, that are good seals that keeps everything on the surface I got you. again if you left it overnight mm-hmm. for example we had somebody a, a big interior designer in boston did a quartzite super gray and i, I told specifically for a bar you've got to be careful with lemons and limes and the first <laughs> the first day her customer had it, he left a lemon upside down on it. And the next day there was a, right. a shape of a lemon. Print. Yeah. So we we went over and honed it. for. So we honed the countertop. Oh, wow. So it went away and then they don't have to worry about it anymore. But it's just the lemon burns the polish. It doesn't burn the stone. It burns the polish. So if something's already honed, it's oh, much wow. less likely to...
1: What catch. kind of describe a little bit of the sealing that that you would recommend for these natural stones?
2: There's this one seal that we use exclusively as a miracle sealant. It's from California. It's Meric Seal Five Eleven, and we've been using it for close to forty years now. And it's very um, wow. non-toxic. Really, it that's comes great. with a a cleaner that's specifically for. Uh, cleaning the products and not eating away the sealer. Some of the cleaning products you can buy in, in uh, Home Depot and Lowe's actually cleans the surface, mm-hmm. but also eats the sealer. Got so it. you've now got a clean surface, but you've got an unsealed product again. So wow. I mean, but you have to do your The customer needs to
0: know all that, right? Well, yeah, we, we, uh,
2: we make everybody... Uh, read, this. read a whole pamphlet uh-huh. and sign it and everything, and say this oh, is the product great. to use and be careful lemons and limes and all that. But
1: how often would a countertop typically need to be resealed?
2: We call it the holidays. So you pick a holiday and just every year, yeah. So say we just Once did some year. something for somebody the other day, and she's going to do every Halloween, she's going to reseal her, her counter <laughs> <laughs> or every Thanksgiving or every Christmas. But you just right. pick, you pick one holiday and you just do it every year. So and
1: what does that involve? Are you just wiping it down? Like what do you have to um, do?
2: You, you clean it off first. And if you have any stains or if there's anything in it that you that you were worried about, you take care of that there's even if you have a stain, you can put a poultice on it and we'll suck it out. Hmm. So you just address it before that one holiday. And again, like something like Christmas or Thanksgiving, you know you're gonna have people over. So that's a good time to do it. And um and every once in a while, if somebody scratches something or gouges something or gets a pit, we'll come over and fix it before they do it. And then, you know, it's done for for the next year. Gotcha. But, it's but it doesn't like take that much maintenance.
0: They can, um, like,
1: they, the homeowner, can reseal. On yeah, holidays. they can
2: clean and reseal. But say something went wrong and someone left a lemon overnight right. and someone right. left tomato sauce overnight. There's different processes that we do for them. A liquid poultice is an A and B in hot water. You put it over, put a napkin and a cellophane over it. And then overnight, it draws it it out. Wow. So there's different tricks to the trade. Oh, my gosh. um.
0: All
1: that follow-up. Let's revisit just some of the finishes because you've mentioned honed and leather. Can we describe some of the differences between these finishes?
2: Yeah. So the... The polished obviously is just the polish and to hone it, you just take it down with diamonds. So it's the the machines that we do the edge work with, with we just work backwards and it's diamond It's diamond grids is what they call it. I wow. mean, it's not like literally the diamonds yes. on your rings, but um, <laughs> they, they're called diamonds and you take them down uh, from say 1200 to 800 to 600 to 400 to all the way down to 200 if you want it that low. Um, And that gives you, like I said, no reflection, and Mm -hmm. it's easy to clean and all Mm -hmm. that. Um, The leather finish is something new. I'd say probably maybe five ten years. Um, They were doing leather. They used to in the old days. They used to be flamed, which was just you literally put you put a torch over it and Uh it it pops the grains. So you'd have like a rough uh, finish, Hmm. and um, this. Leather finish was taking something like flamed and then running diamonds over it, so it was smoothing out the, the the one problem with flamed is it's very sharp, okay, and you wouldn't want to walk on it barefoot. And really, so this was, after this it's was, flamed,
0: it gets the grain becomes more like you can physically feel it.
2: Yeah, because it it physically pops the grain. The oh, heat wow. pops the grain, and that's what makes it flamed. And w- so this new thing that's come out recently. It's diamonds, but they're on instead of something flat like we do the surfaces with a flat diamond right. pad. Yep. These are like brushes on a on a circular thing. So as they go around, they're going in and out of all the flamed. So it, it, it makes the um, it makes the diamonds weave in and out. So, uh, now
1: where are people putting this? Where where would you put a flamed finish? Where would that? I'm not um, sure. It's,
2: like it's, it's more of like a, a floor, like steps going into your house or something okay. like that. Oh. Or it could be that you just wanted your fireplace to have a more rustic look. Okay. And so instead of being flashy and shiny, mm-hmm. it's more rustic. So, say you wanted to, um, I, we do this a lot, for example, in Nantucket, if they wanted to look more beachy rather than mm. formal. Okay um, if they want to be more formal, maybe they'd have a white marble and right. uh, you know, and it could even be polished.
0: I find it um, really interesting it, that the design aesthetic over the years has changed from being this polished, kind of glitzy almost look like a, like you were saying in the eighties to now yeah. more boho kind of like <laughs> rustic and natural and well, I, I, it, I think it's
2: I think that was more by. Also, what was available back then was just grained granites. And everyone was used to seeing uber tuber and cranberry brown and this and that and this and that. Oh. And it was definitely uh, a limited amount of them. But it, it just reminds Giallo Veneziano, for example, is a big grained gold stone and everybody had it. Mm-hmm. And um hmm. And so some people will come in and they'll literally say, oh my God, that's what my mother had in her house. And then they'll say, I do not want that. I want something different. And they'll start to either look at different colors or different textures. And that's where it comes to that next step is even if you like that color, we could hone it rather than polish it. And it would look, again, I'd say most of this came out of uh, all the work we were doing on, um, we do real estate development as well. That's Mm -hmm. right. We've done Palm Beach, we've done Martha's Vineyard, we've done Orleans and the Cape. We've done all, we do a lot of work on Nantucket. Um, uh-huh. And and again, it came out of somebody wanting it to look high end, but not look like it was coming from Wellesley. They want it to right. look like it was on the ocean. Gotcha. So uh-huh. it would be a more rustic look, but something that would look traditional. Like this, this doesn't look out of place. Mm-hmm. That would be a perfect example of, of not using that white quartz. that's supposed to look like statuary. It literally looks like some kid took a roller and went like this with it. You know, I mean, it <laughs> does not look real. And so if you see this beautiful ocean view and then all your eye can focus on is this fireplace with this line going through it like this. So yeah. um, that's when we really started doing a lot more of the honed granite where they liked the look of the granite, especially there's some granites that had almost like a blue and gray and white and black. Which is very beachy and coastal. Right, very beachy. And then when you honed that, it made it look even like more like you're just looking out at the beach. So
0: so these um, historic homes, say, on Nantucket, like we have so many historic homes here in Bristol, would be a place where you would want to suggest this kind of look. Because yeah. it's a more natural of the time of the time period, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Okay, aesthetic.
1: Well, also, the, so let me just revisit the leather. So you see, the leather has this texture, that's maybe good underfoot. So on a counter, though, you could have the honed, right? The honed would be. Oh, uh, we do. We do.
2: Actually, we even do the the leathered. We even do on counters now. People, oh, really?
1: People it's not hard to clean? With all that. I mean, texture? but you
2: could you couldn't be doing your homework on it. You, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it, it's it's rough. Yeah, Um but it's rough but smooth at the same time as opposed yeah. to you could not do a flamed countertop. Gotcha. A flamed okay. countertop would be too too many nooks and crannies. Mm-hmm. It would be a, a it would be a horror show to clean up uh, food yep. afterwards. Yep. And you definitely couldn't write on it. Oh wow, gotcha. you know? Okay. Um but the the leather Again, depending on how big the grain is in the stone, when you when you leathered it, it could. If it's a small grain, it's hardly any texture. I mean, there's mm. it's texture, but but not as big as if you had a big grain. It'd gotcha. Obviously, be more texture, but it's smooth. It's not rough.
1: Wow. Let's. Uh, I want to just revisit for a minute because we're in the this with that category for the mm. podcast, and we've been spending some time on granite. And I have to admit that I'm probably not alone in this. That there's a little bit of a, a thinking about granite that it's kind of dated because we're thinking of the the, the products that you were describing, the mm-hmm. ubatuba and the things that kind of were right. the granites. Maybe tell us a little bit more about more about granite and the other options so people appreciate. That right, there's... that's
2: the that is the point now. That even even though I'm quite sure I could still get Giallo Veneziano, I could still get ubatuba, I could still get impala gray. Those are probably the three most popular back then. Um, there's been so many new granites that come out. There's one called blue flowers where it's, it's just chunks of of uh, a blue spray coming through a white granite with veins and Ooh. and different. So it's, it's beautiful. It doesn't look like, it doesn't look like your mother's granite. It looks like something totally new. And again, that that is a perfect example of something that makes you feel beachy mm-hmm. and if you if you like it shiny you could keep it shiny if you wanted to look even more beachy you could hone it and um it doesn't look like the granite we're thinking of from back
0: right in the right. Days. right and it's something are... that's just been discovered
2: no um it's it's more than around it's more that just more quarries have been have been opened up, and mm. it's the trends. Nobody's buying Uber anymore, so I'm quite sure there's still a thousand blocks of Uber that haven't <laughs> turned into yeah. tiles or slabs in a while. Um, but these are uh, more quarries, there was uh, one of the more famous ones back in the day was uh, was Rosewood, and it was um, uh, almost like tans and grays, and and a little more. Uh, Maybe orange with a little garnet, and it it looked kind of woody and kind of different. Mm-hmm. And it, it it literally like jumped ahead of everyone else in popularity because, again, everyone had seen nothing new. but grains for all that time, mm-hmm. and now I I don't even think you could find that if you if you wanted to anymore. But it, so it's really some different stones, and they all have movement. Instead of grains, you can still yes. find some grains, but in I general, like that. the like granite's that. got a lot of movement.
1: Yeah, that yeah. is definitely something. I think all the, the quartz products that you yeah. were talking about, they're trying to tap into the movement, right? Yeah. yeah. What are some of the white granites that um, uh, you want? Sil- to I would say
2: the best one was silver cloud. Okay. It's a white granite with a spray of black running through it, and it literally looks cloudy.
1: Neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah,
2: it's pretty nice. Um, some of the other whites have Bianco Sato, uh, was from Italy, but that was more of a grained one. So even that one's not as popular as it used to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been really overcome by, uh, Bianco Romano, for example, is white with little gray veins and little garnets. Um, but it's more of an open, open nice. flake as opposed mm-hmm. to silver cloud. Okay. And again, that we just bought a, a block of that. I'd say last year, and it's already all gone. Wow. And and that was, luckily for us, the supplier shipped it honed. One side uh-huh. paused the other. Uh-huh. And so we didn't even have to do any work to it but it all went as honed everybody yeah. loved it as honed it, it literally looks like you're on the beach so mm. that
0: white look is is popular right? you know, i think mean, there's so many minimal looking kitchens now obviously a white kitchen
2: looks looks a lot bigger it's like somebody painting painting a room white or dark blue mm-hmm. i mean dark blue may look cool but it also feels like you're in a closet mm-hmm. uh, as opposed <laughs> to everything being white and different shades of white and different mm-hmm. degrees of white makes a room look enormous. And so so as long the same as thing white. happens with a yeah, the same thing okay. happens with the countertops. I remember uh, for a little while, everyone was doing uh, white cabinets and counters on the outside, and then a uh, a dark blue or a dark gray island in the middle. Mm. and uh, and it was pretty hip for a little while. But then it really did break the room up into into two sections. So mm-hmm. I've noticed that happening a lot less lately. Everyone's going back to lighter colors and kind of a bigger open look.
0: And as long as the white is sealed, right? You don't have to worry yeah. about it being stained right. easily. Right. Yeah.
1: Let's um, go over some of your comments, Rick, that I know um, you could share with us about what to consider when you're choosing a stone, um, just for someone who is kind of new to the topic in yeah, terms of that. thickness and style of space and surface. Yeah. Um,
2: Well, for example, right now we're doing um, a job in Brookline and um, the developer really loved this one stone we had from Greece. It was called striatos and it's just different layers of gray, but it was only available in three quarter inch and they haven't quarried it in years. I don't even know if the quarry's got anything left in it, but he absolutely loved it and the whole design was based on it. But then, last minute, we talked about having just a three-quarter-inch marble countertop, and and that that wasn't really feasible with what his design was going to be, because he's going to have he wanted a sitting area with 12 inches that went around the whole island, and and mm-hmm. we just didn't think that was feasible. So what we did is we double laminated the front edge, and then filled it in with um, with wood behind it, so oh. it's really now inch and a half, and wow. the edge detail is. <laughs> Three quarters and then it kicks back and goes down three quarters. So as long as the edge goes around the whole thing, it looks mm-hmm. like it's an inch and a half, but gotcha. it's actually only three quarter inch stock. Is that, that also league, just
1: a more affordable approach? If you had a different stone Well, it was and just
2: that he loved this stone so much, and the whole the whole color scheme worked perfectly with all his cabinets and everything. Mm-hmm. And it he'd never seen this color. color before. And we have it. So there's an island, and it's going left to right, and then there's counter behind it going left to right. And then this was the the sticking point. He wanted to miter the corner. So it then wrapped around and continued going left to right, but going up and down. And it, it wouldn't have looked correct with, this type of vein, because the veins were, it would be like, how how could you ever line up all those veins, especially gray and white, gray and white. So they would be missing. Each one would be Uh, missing. So we ended up doing it all in one direction and it actually looks so much better. We're glad we, we did it that oh, way good. because mm-hmm. now we're in the room. Everything just like flows through the room. Nice, that looks pretty cool. And everybody that's come into the house has been blown away by it. That they've yeah. never oh, seen that's it. Wonderful. And uh, so it was pretty cool.
1: So that what you're mentioning just there is not only the thickness, but the the layout process. Maybe you can right. talk a little bit because about depending how depending on
2: what you're using, the the layout is is everything. So some some marbles have a specific direction, and you can't just turn it. Um, as opposed to the thing with granites, especially the grained ones, it didn't really matter. You could just right. put a miter. You could put. You could change right. the direction. Wow. You could do it's anything. It was just grains, grains hitting grains. Doesn't matter. But right. veins hitting veins could right. look like
1: that. Yeah, so. yeah. That, that is tricky. Um, so let's talk a little bit about um, you know where where you might think about which type of stone, for example, um, you know, kind of kitchen application versus maybe an outdoor kitchen application right um, for example
2: outdoor there's no way you could do marble okay um, because in our winter when everybody's putting out the rock salt and everything um that would that would eat away at the stone plus the marble would get water seeping in and then it would be freezing and okay. then expanding when it freezes so we, we wouldn't ever recommend marble for outdoor use you would only recommend uh, granite granite
0: mm.
2: we do a, we actually do a lot of outdoor grills now where everybody wants to just get out of their house and go outside and cook and all that. So we do a lot of outdoor grills and the same thing. We'll, we'll hone them. Uh, they tend to be, we tend to do things that are more in the, uh, in the gray family because it matches all the stones they built around it Mm -hmm. and the grill and all that Mm -hmm.
0: But
2: in general, they're, uh, it's pretty durable. I still recommend people covering them in the winter time because you get a lot of snow, a lot of ice, and a lot of, Mm-hmm. I think it helps the masonry just as much as it helps the stone to, to mm-hmm. keep it dry during the winter. But
0: mm-hmm. So designing these outdoor spaces, is that something that you're seeing a lot more of in the last few years? And it's good for you if that's the case. Right? Oh, yeah,
2: definitely. Uh, it was definitely a result of the, of the whole pandemic because people uh-huh. were losing their minds, being stuck in their house. And they were trying to get outside. At least let's go outside and have a cookout. Let's right. do this. Let's hang around the pool. Let's do that. And um you know, a, a small little a small little grill doesn't doesn't help you cook and you can put up a folding table and as soon as it gets windy it blows away and all that. So I think people started really building their backyard as being an extension of their house sure. this year. Mm-hmm. That's
0: fabulous. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: One stone we haven't mentioned that I know Don, you have some experience with is Travertine.
0: Mm -hmm. That travertine that I got from you, Rick, many years ago Mm -hmm. um, was beautiful too. I knew nothing about stone. I mean, I don't know much about stone, but it was lovely. It was really subtle, warm. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And
2: it's just a classic look. Like, you could never – again, one of my – one of the main things I do as far as consulting with stone projects is I used to own uh, Lionheart Antiques as well. So, I would go overseas – Bring back containers of of uh antiques and then put counters on them nice. so wow. but what but what i do is i always have something that would be appropriate with it like i don't know if you can see this this table right oh, there is one of those cool. folding tables from mm-hmm. like restoration hardware and it's supposed to have this very industrial look to it so we have a piece of two inch carrara with just a standard edge on top of it as opposed to we have some very ornate French tables and we have like these inset with crazy edges on them that it looks like that's what would have been on that table a mm-hmm. hundred years ago. So um, a, a lot of times it's, you see something that has the wrong look on it and it just, right. you don't understand why you don't like it, but you just don't like it. And, it's, and it is kind of funny that the, the seeing the historical value of something like travertine, that could have been around in the Roman days. Really? And, oh, yeah, I mean, travertine's oh. been around forever. I mean, okay. When you're yeah. in Italy, it's everywhere.
1: What no, describe the characteristics tell. of travertine?
2: Travertine is a is a, a layered uh, it's a, a layered look where each layer is it's almost like uh, when this when the, well, all this happened billions of years ago, whatever made these stones, this particular stone, um, travertine would have some beige, then some white. Then silver travertine has a little bit of gray, and then some beige, and then some white, and they just kept layering on top of each other. Oh. So now when they turn it into a into a block, and turn it into slabs or tiles, it has a direction and mm-hmm. and you, you know. Um, I
1: think of it as being warm, but sometimes it's a yes, gray it's, color.
2: Uh, oh, silver travertine has the gray in it. Roman travertine is just the beige. Okay. Um, there's there's several different several different versions of it. Um, I liked
0: it because it was just subtle. It wasn't like yeah. over the top busy. It was just right. subtle and really pretty and a great color. And it worked right. great in my house. So right. where you. does it
1: fall in the um, hardness spectrum? You were saying um, soft. It super hard. it's soft. It's soft. It's a marble.
0: Okay. It's a marble.
2: Most marbles are soft. The, the, the um, exception to that is Carrara is mm-hmm. very strong. Mm. Um, DMB white is very strong. Um Verdi antique is very strong. The rest of them are all are all softer. No matter, okay. One of the one of the most expensive marbles is is statuary calacatta or statuary venato, and it's just a, a re- very clean white background with it, with like a bolt of gray yeah. or a bolt of gold running through it. Mm. But it's so soft that we only recommend that, for example, for fireplaces.
1: Okay. Even oh.
2: even. Uh, a bathroom vanity top, you'd have to worry, worry about um, perfumes and aftershave and things oh like that, goodness. burning it. So although it's beautiful, you take you have to take that into consideration when you're picking yeah. it, as opposed to Carrara, you could put a Carrara in a bathroom and not worry about it. Great. And, tra- and travertine, uh, for example, um, on a tabletop, you'd still, if you'd made a tabletop out of it, you'd still avoid having lemons on it but you'd like a coffee table is more like dishes and coffee and cookies and things like that as opposed to lemons and limes are more like bar surface but that's that's always an issue with marbles polished that's why sometimes we just recommend ahead of time if you're going to be using in that application to just hone it ahead of time and then it's not an issue
1: oh okay wow wow so it's interesting you can take a stone that's kind of vulnerable but when you change the finish. You've you've made it stronger. Because
2: it's the polish that burns, not the stone that burns.
1: Okay. Interesting. You know Uh, a lot, Rick. (laughs) So we haven't really talked about edge profiles much. Other than that, there are many. Is there anything you want to say about that, choosing edge profiles? Uh,
2: Edge profiles um, lately have been, especially especially with the, the quartz that came out, that um they were all just standard edge with just remove the iris off the top so they're not sharp so everything just had a plain square Mm -hmm. um, top to it and it gives it gives your counter or your furniture a kind of an eclectic look it doesn't it doesn't match anything in specific Mm -hmm. um but to put an og is an og has goes down scoops and then comes back around it's very difficult to do. We use a router to do I it. Bet. Um, but then you, uh, it, not many people can even do the edge anymore. We have our, our edge guys are, are really good and know how to do them all, but there's a DuPont an OG, uh, Waterfalls which is just a half bullnose that used to be in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, it made it look a little thicker because mm-hmm. your eye would see it from the bottom and see it rolling all the way back. Um,
1: so these but, different edges obviously have a different aesthetic, but there's also a price point, right? If you're gonna do the uh, yes. Versus, for for yeah. example,
2: like I said, waterfalls um, makes your counter look a little thicker. Yeah. Um, and it's not that expensive, but I say it makes it look like it came from the eighties. Gotcha. And uh, this, the plain the standard edge, which is just a a square edge and then you round the top an eighth of an inch just so it's not sharp. It's yeah, we more call of an eclectic look. Yeah. It could look yeah, pencil edge. Um, the funny thing about pencil edges, the argument goes, is a pencil an eighth inch or is a pencil a quarter inch? Uh, because there's a quarter inch radius is a, is one you have to use a router on. Okay. A pencil edge, just an eighth inch. You can do it by hand. Yeah. So, but that argument comes up all the time. No, this is the size <laughs> of a pencil. A pencil's that round. But, um, but the, like I said, it's more of an eclectic look. You can't tell where. You know, it was that the '80s? That the '90s? or that the 2000s? or that it, it, it is what it is,
1: mm. but I, I would say, yeah, I would say more universal instead of the word eclectic. Yeah, yeah. it's um yeah, it won't date. Well, your I'm, thing I'm
2: saying much. that it definitely can look modern if you put it in a modern situation, right? But it definitely doesn't look wrong if you just put it on a coffee table. Yes, yeah, um, as opposed to. If you put an OG, an OG edge on something that looked like if I put it on that cranking table over there, it would look crazy because it looks like you're trying to make that look Victorian. Right. You know, Uh, and it's a, it's a machine cranking, cranking a table. But um, uh, like I said, everything has its, uh, has its pros and its cons to it. If I was going to do a formal mantle on a fireplace and you're in a house, say in Milton, that's that's a classic historical house, mm. then I could see spending an extra four hundred dollars on having like a DuPont or an OG or upside down cove and and double laminating it and making it look like that's what would have been here a hundred years ago. Yeah,
1: yeah. You Neat. as a mantle piece kind right. of thing. That's what right. you're describing. Yeah. 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 Neat. I know there's a lot to know. One thing that um, so much. Uh, in terms of installation, one thing that was happening for a while, I don't know if it's happening as much. Just I'm thinking of it because you use the word waterfall. The installing the um, island top so that it's just not just on the top. Oh, with the waterfall. All, said, yeah. So it comes
2: down vertically. And and I'm not a big fan of it because I see the repercussions on a day-to-day. Um, in the first place, we don't do it. We sub it out to another company who who – they have a second saw that's, and the second saw is always lined up at 45. So okay. for them, they're just cutting the piece and they're putting on the second saw and they're mitering it. Okay. For us, we have to take our saw and turn it to 45, make yep. the cut and then go yep. back to 90. And yep. you'd be surprised. Then you have to, you have to fool around with your saw again for like okay. a whole day to get it perfectly 90. Oh and it's, it's just a lot of work. Um, okay. And there's other companies that have CNC machines that will do it, but there's different aspects. Uh, for example, I don't know if you know this, but a CNC machine is a, it's a computerized machine, but it assumes everything is perfectly 90 degrees and perfectly straight and level. Right. And a lot of slabs have a little cup in them. So uh-huh. sometimes a CNC machine will start at one area and by the time it gets to the cup, is almost not even touching it. And then when it gets to the other area, oh, it's rounding it God. again. So we just installed a job that someone else fabricated. And it literally went from almost a bevel on the two ends to nothing in the middle. And we oh, had dear. To, we have to bring our own edge guys in and, and, and fix it. But Yeah. Um, yeah. Because the computer, the computer doesn't know that it doesn't assume that anything isn't straight. It just assumes right, everything right. is just mathematical.
1: Is there anything to know about people who are doing that type of um, waterfall installation?
2: Well, that's the other the other aspect of it is it's not, it's not how you do it. I mean, it obviously is how you do it. But once it's in
1: mm-hmm.
2: and you've got it all glued together, you walk away and everything's fine the day you leave. But in the summertime, there's more moisture in the air ah. and wood expands. And in the wintertime, all the moisture is gone from the air, especially the, the heat's on in your house, and your wood shrinks. So depending on whether you installed it in the summer or the winter, sometimes you'll see it with a big gap in the bottom because now oh. the, in the oh. summer uh, you did it, and now the wood's expanded. Now it's lifting off the ground. Okay. Sometimes the miters literally come undone because the wood behind them moved. Oh my God. And sometimes oh. um, there's a void because you did it and it grew. So there's a void. Sometimes it's shrunk. So now there's a void in between the stone and the wood. So gotcha. I'm not a big fan of it. The skill involved is to, you need the same slab to be mitered and put together. So, right. so that when the pattern you're wraps. seeing it, the patent continues through. Yeah. I've seen a lot of them where the patent doesn't continue through. And okay. It, just, it looks That's dumb. funny. Right. At, right. At, the, at, where, at where they meet, instead of being like that, they're like that. And it just yes. missed by a quarter yes. because they lost that amount when they're doing mm-hmm. the miter. But.
1: So that's one uh, of those trends that you know it might be a trend for a reason. Yeah, I think it's a trend,
2: and I think (laughs) I think enough people don't like the result a year later that I don't know how much longer it's it's happening. Less. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. gotcha. Now we do it with uh, we do it uh, slightly different. We have the the bottom panel go up, and then the top panel we have a quirk miter in it, so. It lands, and there's this little void of a quarter inch between the two pieces, and that allows it to expand and contract, and you don't see it, mm-hmm. but it doesn't look like a miter. It looks like inch and a quarter, a quarter inch by quarter inch, called a quirk miter, and then the panel goes down. And we've been that's doing right. that since the eighties. Yeah, and yeah. Um, and we've never had a problem with it. All right, but, that's a good the, work around. The regular that's why wanted that. The regular miters. That's all I hear is, "Can I come over and fill them?" and <laughs> And re epoxy them and resand yep. them. So yep. it's definitely-
0: Yeah. Okay. do you specify um stone often or not? Sure. Yeah. You so do.
1: most yeah. architects do. Yeah. So I'm yeah. in the it's residential been. realm. Oh yeah, all the time. So okay. and all these issues come up, which is why uh, I'm hoping for the Design Me House podcast, this is relevant to our sure. to our homeowners, you know. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and it's so much to know, Rick. And I think when people go into it, they're thinking more just about you know, color, appearance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and maybe. No, not, I, not I not hear all that stuff. all the
2: time that I wish somebody had told me about this. And, right. And luckily, I'm a little crazy, and I make people sign. <laughs> That's, do smart. Not do this. <laughs>
0: That's smart. This
2: is what's going to happen, and I, it's funny. Like, yeah. Oh, I never read the tenth line. Well, <laughs> number ten, do not do a quirk miter. <laughs> or number ten, do a quirk miter instead of a instead of a regular minor. But
0: um, years in the business, we
2: give we give everybody all the information to make the decision, and mm. and then it's up to them to make the decision. So let's just but, um,
1: tell us your website and where you're located.
2: AdamoStone.com. Okay. And we're located in Boston. And, um,
1: right off 93, right?
2: Yep. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, so we will follow up Rick when we post this, we're going to include, um, a blog. So we'll put some visuals, um, Great. to kind of go with one of some of the things that you've mentioned. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk to you about that later just to get a little more info. Cause I know for right. myself, I want to see the blue flower granite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, And that's actually dating.
2: something that G is working on too, that she does the whole, uh, website and and all that and um sure
0: she just sent us she, a whole bunch uh, of images yeah, yeah
2: she's she's doing a, a great job i have people call me all the time i'm i'm not technical at all i have people tell me all the time how great my website is i'm like really oh that's nice now and tell Gia is
0: your daughter right yes, okay. yes. Good. Yeah. i haven't yeah. seen her since she was three
1: or something yeah yeah. yeah
2: she's doing very well that's That's awesome.
1: Great. So yeah, so it's a family business and we'll we'll definitely include um, you know links to your website and information about some of the products you talked about on the companion blog post. But this yeah. has been really informative, Rick. I, I Very, really appreciate you spending the time yeah, with such us. No detail. problem. Very yeah. right, nice
2: talking to you. We'll see you soon.
1: All right. Oh, great. Thank you with so you. much. Say hi to Lisa.
0: Right. Okay. Thank you. Okay. All right.
2: Bye-bye. bye. Bye. Bye
1: bye.